The trans flag is not what comes out the other side. <laughs> March 1st, 2023, and this is Rare Encounter. Encounter number 136, putting McDonald's at the center of culture. I'm Abel Kirby. And pulling on my podcasting thong, I'm Cold Acid. <laughs> Playing the thong song. Man, but you get, don't do that in the drive-thru, man. I, you can get filmed. I saw some videos. You can get of, arrested for that. I've seen videos, drive-thru videos of various kinds of, uh, uh, Activity inside a McDonald's and other fast food drive-throughs. It's not just McDonald's, but those customers uh, sometimes they're up to no good. You got to be careful. Roadhead in the drive-through. <laughs> oh no! But man, I, I just don't understand these days. Why would you ever go to a Texas Roadhouse? Cold. Why would you go to Applebee's? Why would you go to a Michelin-starred restaurant? Um, why would you go I to don't any think of these? We have Texas Roadhouse up here. Why would you and go? I'm not too sure about Applebee's either. Why would you go anywhere when you could go to McDonald's and get the Cardi B meal instead? The what the fuck? <laughs> the Cardi B meal. You're have fucking you, with me, right? Have you not heard this? Yeah, in their no, late... I haven't. Well, first they had and, the, and I'm disap I'm disappointed for hearing about it. <laughs> in the same, uh, I think they had that. Satanist who is sacrificing people in Houston, that guy, he had a meal, and now they have uh, Cardi B and, what's his name, Offsides or something? <laughs> I don't know what about their music makes people want to eat McDonald's. Uh, I mean, is wet-ass pussy really what you want to hear when you're eating a Big Mac? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, I've got enough to eat at home. I don't need to go to McDonald's. Uh, hi <laughs> I heard a bottle open. Yes. It is mango flavored Haritos. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, as C Brooklyn says in the chat, eat a nice big sloppy Big Mac. <laughs> big. You know, the thing that always throws me about the Big Mac is that it has that third bun in the middle. Yeah, that's kind of weird. It's it's a What bun. do they do with the other What do they do with with the other half or do they have like this like special like both bottoms on like special bottom only buns for uh, for inserting in the middle yeah it's unnatural because buns usually have either they're a top bun or a bottom bun and this is like you had to start with a spherical bun and then like you know cut off the bottom like lieutenant dan and but then you have to cut off the top like you got a haircut and so it's that's what you get is the middle bun which is just the middle part yeah and then you put it in a big mac you got magic buns. <laughs> All right. I don't know where I was going with that. I just wanted to mention it. It The the news about it that I did uh, come across, I didn't really bring it as a story, but I might as well mention it now, is that some of the franchisees are not willing to promote this meal. They don't like it. Let me guess. Uh, pretty much everywhere that isn't like some really urban area uh Pretty much nowhere in the Bible Belt is supporting this because they think you shouldn't have any wet-ass pussy until you're married, etc. <laughs> until, you, until you're in the drive-thru, you know? Sometimes love is made in a drive-thru. Yeah. Well, you know, I fell in love with a McDonald's girl. <laughs> oh, was she an angel in a polyester uniform? She was. hey -oh! you know what the You know what the problem was? She's the only other virgin you know. No, she didn't <laughs> let me, she didn't let me have her uh, sloppy Big Mac. <laughs> Uh, of course, I'm referencing the uh, the song "I Fell in Love with a McDonald's Girl," which I hope you weren't. <laughs> yes, I was. Okay, just checking. I'm not insulting Cold Acid. I'm that was like one, that was like one of Bare Naked Ladies' first uh, performances in uh, in oh fuck, what was it called again? Speaker's Corner. Speaker's Corner. Uh, the yeah, Canadian. That's, that's how they got their start. Their their original their original recording studio was the Speaker's Corner box in Toronto. They would pile in with their instruments and put in their loony and play. So, or I guess I guess back then uh, we didn't actually have the loony out yet. They must have put in a bunch of quarters instead. The uh, song "McDonald's Girl" is a uh, Dean Friedman song. Actually, fun fact: it's yes, covered by yes, some other but folks. They, they covered it. Yes, and I am a Dean Friedman fan, by the way. Or I. Uh, it's one of those where Which I was is why like, you also fell in love with the McDonald girl. I also fell in love with 
the the Jewish girl in the ple- peasant drows. I can't peasant drows. Uh, yeah, I can't remember her wife. name now. <laughs> the uh, he had a number of these really, um, I would say, pure kind of love songs where they they weren't they were um, interesting in their kind of uh, naivete and I don't know how to describe it. It was it's just very a little kitschy, uh, but he did it in a way that was kind of fun. He also had some duets that were fun too. Uh, that, uh, got famous in Europe, not so much in the States, I found out later. But anyway, yeah, Dean Friedman is one of these guys, prolific, good songwriter, until uh, a certain event <laughs> that started in 2020, uh, which made a lot of people in the public eye go insane, including this guy. And uh, oh, I just no. can't bring, as I as soon as I started learning more about him, I stopped and I said, I just need to pretend I don't know anything about this guy anymore and only listen to the music. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Kids never meet your heroes. Mm. It's bad. And it is just extremely bad. Like, he made an album about masking, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Oh, God. Yeah, that is. (laughs) It is repulsive to the core, and uh, it it really was a letdown in the biggest possible way. Most illogical. But, anyway, we don't have to dwell on this. No, we don't. But we are going to keep the music going because today happens to be the 50th anniversary of a very important, well-known album. Yes. I believe this is what we've, if you tune into the pre-stream, you might have heard Cold Acid spinning this. Yep. On March 1st, 1973, in the United States was released Pink Floyd's The Dark Side of the Moon. Mm. And music and stoners were never the same again. Uh, it's a classic. I do listen to it end to end, maybe once a year. It's one of those you can put on and it, when you're when you're just in the right mood. It, and if you are in the right you mood, can it put hits it you on right. even when you're in the wrong mood or when you're going to bed, mm. when you're doing the dishes. Now well, you could probably play it even when you're getting your freak on. Now, Although there, I wouldn't. There's some quadraphonic releases of that, if I recall correctly, uh, that are a little bit harder to find and play. But they're out, well, maybe for this album, they're uh, they're probably widely available now. Once upon a time, they were a little bit harder to find. Um, and I've always wanted to set up a quadraphonic sound system and listen to this. And there's a couple other albums that were actually released in quadraphonic. Uh, one was now, a, yeah, I know that it was. Qu- I know that it was released in quadraphonic on vinyl. I believe there was an SACD uh, quadraphonic release of it as well. You do not get four-channel audio on a regular uh, digital audio CD. No, you don't. But you do on the Super. The uh, actual vinyl, I was working with Mark Christopher maybe over, must have been over a year now. We, he has a collection of just quadraphonic CD uh, records, including some that aren't well-known. They're maybe more like demo discs or proof of concept kind of things. Um, not, you know, number one artists that get re-released on CD. You know, they don't merit that, that re-release. But he has the records, and he has uh, the ability to digitize them. And I've been, I told him back then, if we uh, set up a s- station where we can digitize these old records, I will demodulate the uh, extra channels. And uh, the way that they're set up, depending on what f- the quadraphonic format was, they're usually this uh, ultrasonic modulation on the record that you have to, uh, you know, you, first you have to know it's there, then you have to, depending on what the format is, record it right and then process it. But you can go mix that back into four digital channels you can play through a modern system, no problem. Nice. Um, and the demodulation that you can do digitally, we, we think, is going to be a little bit better than what you can do with the uh, the hardware that's available, uh, the analog hardware. So anyway, maybe one day we'll actually get to that, but uh, it's uh, not in the cards right now. Keep pushing them on it. Yeah. Honestly, like uh, transfer and transferring into into like uh, archivable digital forms is pretty important for all that uh, older media. There's a lot of work that also goes into imaging floppy disks and CDs at the uh, at like below the file system or even the byte stream level. Uh, but there's stuff like 
recording a floppy disk at the at like the magnetic flux level like you put in the disk and it actually it actually measures and it doesn't return ones and zeros it returns like magnetic flux measurements as it's going by and at what speed it's going by and everything so you can make like a perfect duplicate of it for archival purposes mm. because all that all that magnetic media eventually dies uh, a lot of a lot of the optical media as well, even press CDs, only have something like a fifty to a hundred year lifespan. Is is what I've heard, mm-hmm. and uh, and like the rewritable ones, or even like the the single burn like CDRs and DVDRs, only last like at their best. The archival quality ones still only last like twenty years tops. Yeah, I, so I've it, had them so fail before that. It's important. So the, yeah, and- I've had them fail before too. I I actually had a CDR where the uh, where the metal and ink layer started actually chipping off. You, yeah. So of course, the difference between CD uh, press CDs and uh, recordable CDs is the press ones have. A master that has these indents that the the there's a laser of a fixed wavelength, and then where it's either gonna reflect and cancel with itself or reflect and reinforce with itself, and 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 so that's how you establish a one or a zero. There's actually more to it with tracking, um, the uh, tracking the tracks, I guess, but. The mechanism is actually the physical pits that are inside the the disc. But when you get to the writable CDs, they actually have an. It's a. I guess it, you could describe it as ink. an ink. It's a. It's a special. It's a special like laser. Uh, like, what's it? Not. Uh, like it, it's affected by the laser light in one mode, and then it'll it'll reflect or dissipate the laser light. Uh, for regular reading. It, I believe it's actually just power. So if you heat it up with a laser, um, it changes its reflectivity. And so the burning oh, okay. operation is just a higher power laser. And then, But once it's been burned, you can go back over with the uh, laser of lower power and non-destructively read it because it doesn't have enough energy to, to basically remelt it, if you want to think of it like that. And that's literally burning. You're literally burning little uh, dots on the ink with that. And that's how the, uh, the CD burner that's where the name comes from, actually. 420blazeit.iso. Unfortunately, that ink tends to degrade uh, after a couple years. I think that, say, 20 years or 15 years is uh, just too much. I've had them die after, you know, seven or eight. Yeah, but most people, when you're going when you're going to, like, the local computer store and buying a, buying a bunch of CDRs or DVDRs, you're not getting the archival quality ones. You're getting the consumer ones. Mm. Even the archival ones, they have that same problem because the uh, you, you you may be right that those twenty uh, the better CDs CDRs last longer, but uh, they still all break down eventually. They it, do. Disc rot is a and thing. Like I said, even even the pressed ones do eventually. Anyway, the thing with the, the thing with like the the pits and uh, and the flats and same with, same with the floppy discs. With the differences in in the flux, it's those changes that record like whether it's a one or a zero. It's not like it's a pit, so it's a zero. It's a flat, so it's a one. Or it's this level of flux, so it's a one. It's this level, it's zero. Mm-hmm. It's actually based on it's the the change in that to record to record like the byte stream itself. Yep. Because otherwise, things would get like unreadable, uh, even with really good timers. Mm. The uh, there's there's if you really dig into it, there's another layer which is even it's documented, but it's it's not widely discussed. Which is um, how do you get the laser to track the track? Because you can't t- touch it, right? So how do you know which track you're on, and how do you stay centered on it? So there's even more modulation on there uh, that you have to uh, use to aim the laser. <laughs> Well, for so. one thing, you're able you're able to identify where sectors start, and then the uh, the cha- the uh, subchannel data can help you determine where you actually are. And besides that, for actually playing along, it's essentially like you're 
your laser and pickup is on a worm, right? So normally, unless it's actually actively seeking, it's moving according to according to the expected spiral on the CD, right? Now the other thing, the other thing too is is like whether it's constant linear or constant uh, a a like CLV or CAV, right? Where it's either spinning at the same speed all the time or it's changing the speed so the so the part that like is going by the head is at the same speed. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about, I'm yep. sure. Because because uh, if you're pointed towards the center uh, of the CD, the tangential velocity is less than if you're towards the edge. And so the number of bits that you think you might be able to pack in there uh, might be less yeah. than what you could angular. put on the edge. The angular velocity. Yes, constant angular velocity or constant linear velocity. Hmm. And when you had, I believe when you had uh, constant uh, angular velocity... Uh, you could actually like some some discs, some floppy discs that actually use that difference as well, so that you could actually get more uh, sectors in on tracks further from the center of the disc. Mm. Basically, by slowing but, it down. Essentially, yeah. Yep. Because because I mean, otherwise, it's like like you slice it like a pie, right? And the further the closer you are to the crust the wider it is, right? But when you're storing little bits on there, right? Wider means there's more space between them, which means you're missing out on as much as you can pack in. Yeah, there's more apples near the crust than there are in the center, uh, which is, uh, I'm trying to get a McDonald's thing, but the, the problem is the McDonald's pies are square and not round, which is throwing They're not off. really square. They're like, Oh, they're rectangular. They're like, if you if you if you took no, it's like if you took a tube of like like the the the, the toilet paper tubes, right? Yeah. And you and you sliced it into thirds from above, right? Like if you just like linearly sliced it into thirds, so you had like two cords, right? And like the center bits, and you just took those cords and put them together. It's like that. It's like you sliced out the center of a uh, of a cylinder, and then tamped the tamped the ends down. Wow, this is kind of a Big Mac situation where there's the mystery bit in the middle. What do they? What do you think they do with those extra pieces of pie? Can you just buy the middle pie? No, I don't think you can. It doesn't. The middle pie doesn't actually exist. <sighs> This is I know, a disappointment. It's jipped. It, it's jipped. It's <laughs> I want a middle pie, man. You know, they're not... Not a hair pie? They're actually called hand pies, if we want to be technical about the kind of pastry it is. A hand pie. It's a hand pie. Hey, Cole. Hand job pie. Have you ever had a hand pie? No, can't say that I have. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we had some uh, pre-show boost, by the way. We had one right under the wire. Oh, uh, sweet. So we have our, who is also our executive producer for the show. This was 17,776 from Six Sats from Boobery, who says, gotta squeeze one in. And that was right before we started Oops. the show. So yeah. boost, boobs. Of course, Boobery is uh, behind the schemes. One of the co-hosts, yeah. I should say. He's uh, not the whole actually, show. better to squeeze one in than squeeze one out, right? Well, you know, everyone's doing squeezing. Some are going to go in, some are going to go out. It's going to go back and forth. Yeah. Now, if we get back to Dark Side of the Moon, apparently some people have been complaining about the anniversary logo for Dark Side for the for the band's like the band put out a. 50th anniversary logo for Dark Side of the Moon on their Facebook page, and people were complaining. Really? Um, yes. They were I... complaining because there's a triangle, and inside of the zero of the 50 on top of the triangle, there are rainbow colors. Now, anybody who knows this album knows that the colors of the rainbow... And a triangle are big fucking issues because the album cover is 
a beam of light striking a prism and creating the rainbow of colors that make up white light. I should say a, tri- right? a triangular so, prism even. Yes. So you're going to have you're going to have white, you're going to have a triangle, you're going to have the colors of the rainbow and it would actually be weird to not have that. But then you get people going like are you going woke with rainbows? Is there a straight flag? <laughs> These are like, people... What's up with the rainbow? This is facetious. What is that, Pink Floyd? What is this grave? This is like, a joke. You're being trolled, Cold Acid. This I is hope not so, but I don't think I don't think I am. I think these are actual like grugs on the internet. <laughs> this is this is like some this is like some fucking North FC level of like fucking retardation. Uh, well, you know, what they should have done is just replace the rainbow with, like, the trans flag colors. And that would be the most modern thing they could do. <laughs> that- <laughs> the problem with that, of course, is that when you shine pure white light into a prism, the trans flag is not what comes out the other side. <laughs> oh, what a shame. I mean, it's got triangles. There's a triangle in there, right? I don't know. I have to look this up. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a triangular prism, right? That the light goes through. I see. Oh, you know what? There's pink. No pink in the rainbow. Sorry about that. <gasps> oh no. Pink is this a uh, uh, a color caused by a notch filter uh, in in a weird place? I guess we aren't in Kansas anymore. Yeah, there's no single wavelength that makes pink, folks. Sorry about that. It's one of those weird colors we perceive. Uh, but uh, they're hard to define scientifically. It's a, it's an experiential thing. Brown, also brown is one of those. It's like, hey, we see brown, but there's no such thing as brown. I don't know. I, go, go brown's tr- a perfectly cromulent color. <laughs> so I've heard I've heard a lot about brown listening to Hog Story. <laughs> yes, Hog Story, of course, the podcast that keeps on giving. They just had uh, episode 341. They did. Drinks Wabbit. That was on Monday. Wabbit. Dwink's Wabbit. Uh, also, uh. <laughs> I want to thank uh, Boobery behind, of Behind the Schemes one more time. He just had uh, episode 141. I'm coming for you, Barbara, with Lavash on uh, Behind the Schemes. You have to say schemes because that's, schemes. How you, that's how you pronounce the threes for E's. Ah. Uh, now, now I know. <laughs> and once again, and we want to thank... And Boobery for being our executive producer today. Uh, if you want to find out more about Rare Encounter, which is the show you're listening to now, you can go to rareencounter.net. We've got a webpage. It's got the info on it. It's got links for our chat room. It's got our old episodes, uh, RSS feeds, that kind of thing. Um, and if you want, you can also, like Boobery, support the show by sending a Boostagram, which is our preferred way. There's also a PayPal link if you uh, so desire. Uh, and... That's the only way we really uh, solicit support for the show is if you enjoy something about it, if you get some value out of it, send some value back. Uh, whatever you determine, it's all up to you. Uh, so uh, well, and we, we also we, we also it. accept uh, we also accept emails, although we no- won't necessarily read them out. And if people want to, if people want to send fan art or even possible cover art, which I believe Boobery has done in the past, among mm-hmm. others, yes. Um, we, we have our cover art for tonight's show, though. I'm always appreciative of anyone who links, hooks me up with something that's actually interesting for the show. Uh, sometimes it's that difficult. Too, yeah. Sometimes it's difficult to parse through the, the news and uh, the different, usually news aggregator sites. I'm looking for stuff I hadn't seen before, looking for stuff that might be good material for the show. It's usually difficult to find appropriate content. Everyone tends to be caught up in the same kind of fad every week, and we try and stay a little bit away from the, the main line. Um, so if you appreciate that, uh, keeping fresh stuff on the show, if you see something fresh you want, you think it's in our alley, uh, go ahead and uh, send it to us. We'll, we may well, run even it, may if not. it's not fresh. Even if it's not fresh, if it's interesting enough, uh, I'm all up for that. We're, we... we we're not a, a show of the uh, the current news cycle, or at least we try not to be, except for some of the pop culture shit we do, which you know we yeah. you have to f- you have to put some fluff in for fun. Uh, Anime, pop culture, that stuff. I mean, will be will be moderately recent with <laughs> anime and technology. Well, I got to kick it old school. Well, speaking of anime and technology, bowl after bowl had bowls with buds with Dave Jones. Yeah. 
Uh, that was right after No Agenda. Uh, that was their episode uh, 226. And then right after that, I believe yesterday, they had A Case of Della, which I, if I'm not mistaken, is A Case of Della. <laughs> but a, uh, that was episode uh, 227. Uh, I also wanted to point out uh, Walk Through the Mind. I listened to the most recent episode. Actually, I've been listening to a couple recent episodes of Billy Bones. Um podcast billy go yeah. billy he's goes people and his his is a good podcast yeah he's been talking about woodworking uh, a lot and uh uh seems to have some interesting stuff going on i'm excited uh i think he's he has dice towers that he's been uh talking about building on the podcast cool. so and talking about old chicken coops and you know stuff he's built and uh and drawn before so walk through the mind doesn't always appear on our list but i wanted to highlight it this week uh uh Fun show. It's a perfect bite-sized show. Uh, it is. It's a good shower show, along with Angry Tech News. Unfortunately, no Angry Tech News. So I actually did watch A Walk Through the Mind in the shower because I didn't have Angry Tech News. So Now, A Walk Through the Mind really is a shower thoughts sort of podcast. I mean, just the, just the, way, just the way that Billy Bones talks, the topics that he comes up with, and how he goes through them, it's... At least, at least the episodes that I always remember, it feels like he's like, you know, kind of stream of consciousness and stream of consciousness goes really well with stream of water. So in my mind, it is a podcast to shower to. <laughs> yes. And of course, we appreciate Billy Bones on the show. Uh, we should do it more often. Uh, I think that's the entire list. Oh, Dad's Anime Podcast. Yeah, can't forget Dad. Episode 102, Muse Best Anime of 2022, Part 4, Full Metal's Top 10 of 2022, and uh, Leji Masumoto R.I.P. And I uh, that was Leji, uh, I think yes, is how we you pronounce covered it. Him, we covered him last Star, week. Of Star Blazers fame, uh, or Space Battleship Yamato fame. There, there's some other things he worked on, but that's what I'm most familiar with. Captain also, Harlock. Captain Harlock, but I've, I've not watched that, though. Uh, JoJo's Stone Ocean, Ocean Spoiler Chat, at the end. That's all the show title, I should say, that the that entire length of um, of text yeah, is the They don't title. really, as I've said before, they don't really have a episode, they don't really have episode titles. They have a list of topics that they discuss. Mm. I was, I was mentioning, I was mentioning to you, Dad and Mew that they should do a live episode, and Dad was like, "No way, no way! I make way too many mistakes for that." And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, "Have you listened to us? You should listen to Rare Encounter, Dad. Oh, just yeah. listen to Rare you Encounter, wanna, like episode two. You want to talk two. about mistakes uh, during the show? Just listen to our first, first, second, or, or third episode. Those are just <laughs> such train wrecks." <laughs> It's uh, it's something you get better at, and doing it live uh, is definitely a great way to to bootstrap yourself uh, to get better really fast. It converges oh, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, as soon as you're on the spot, you figure it out because you have to. Well, I, I I'm not entirely sure about that. I mean, we're at our hundred six, our one hundred thirty six episode, yeah. and I'm still like living with my foot in my mouth constantly. <laughs> Hey, take that foot out of there. <laughs> no, it's tasty. Oh, man. I'm always slow on the draw. I, I really appreciate these people who are great with their uh, sounds. Like, there we go. <laughs> There's his oh, feet. Oh, that is... <laughs> take that those... was feet? That sounded, that sounded like like blowing a ball out of a tube. I was, I was taking your feet out of your mouth. Same thing, right? Yep, there it goes. No, my feet don't leave my mouth that quickly. <laughs> you, really? I think that's a great really? sound. I love it. It is a great sound. I do like it. How about this one? There we go. Is that a better foot that sound? Sounds like, that sounds like opening a opening a tub. That sounds like pulling the plug out of your bum hole. <laughs> I am so glad I didn't talk over that. All right. Moving on. <laughs> uh, I, I was playing with a Geiger counter today. Sweet. Yeah, I was uh, hanging out with Mark. Actually, I was getting out of uh, getting out of work on my way out of here, and he walks he walks out of the building, and he's got this big yellow Geiger counter in his hand. And I said, "Ah, shit! Tell me about that. I gotta gotta get some material for the show anyway." And so he gave me the overview of it, and uh, it's like an old 
unit, um, Victorine Instrument Co. Model 6B is what it is, and he had uh, picked it up at a hamvention, and uh, it's pretty pretty cool, like simple uh, radiation detector. Uh, a hamvention? Like a convention for radio hams? Yeah, exactly. It's almost cool. like a swap meet for ham guys. That sounds pretty neat, actually. I'm, I'm wondering if you know what a swap meet is. Is that a US I know thing? what a swap meet is. Okay, it's a swap meet for it's like, uh, it's, like a t- it's like a temporary flea market. Mm. And uh, where you can buy, like, broken parts for cars and pretend you're going to use them one day. That's basically yeah, what you do. Yeah, like with- I said, like I said, a temporary <laughs> flea market. Uh, so anyway, he had this, uh, this Geiger counter he, he'd been playing with, and, uh, and uh, we took it out and kind of waved the wand around. Uh, the picture I took has this app, this opening on the side where you can see the tube, and it's... Uh, it's got kind of a window and that's the part that's sensitive he tells me uh and i don't know we were waving it around we could hear some particles some stuff was clicking we got a little burst once um but we didn't have anything radioactive with us at the time uh though i think we're gonna have access to some radioactive shit sometime later so we'll be waving that around just to see how it goes and i haven't used a geiger counter or seen one used in a while the last time was so uh, hold on you're gonna have some radioactive shit well they said what are you gonna do you're gonna have like bruce banner come over (laughs) and like use the toilet no there's uh there's some radioactive materials that are just just around they're not particularly dangerous that supposedly you can wave this wand over and you'll get more clicks I don't know if a banana works. I don't know if it's that sensitive, but it's basically that sort of thing. Um, well, if one banana doesn't work, five should. So the so you just just stand up like five bananas and just like put the put the little measuring tube thing in front of them. You know, like uh, like Perry Piper. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna take my banana out. There we go, and we'll hold it in front of the counter. Um, yeah, it has a little switch on the top. You switch this, uh, sensitivity. So if it's at one X, then the display's reading, whatever it, it displays, but you can turn it up to a hundred X. If, if you do that, then you can actually pick something up. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It's the, the coolest part about this was if you open the latch and kind of take the top off, they actually printed the schematics inside so you can fix it yourself. Cool. Yeah. Just like those, uh, like old TV, some kind, sometimes old stereos and stuff. If you take the take the panels off and look inside, there's actually electrical drawings that show you how it's put together. So if you needed so it's to back, fix, it's back from those days where they actually expected people to be intelligent enough to actually work on their own devices. Yeah, and you'd have my favorite those was were the days. My favorite was the user manuals for old equipment, where you open it up and it it doesn't just have the schematics inside it has test points um volt test information so it's like oh you should see two volts here and you should see the the signal uh over here with this voltage peak to peak you know and it has all this detail that you would need if you were a professional repairing it um it's just either baked in the manual or like in this case printed on the inside or uh, i guess glued to the inside of the case I have the programmer's reference manuals from Commodore for both the VIC-20 and the Commodore 64. And in the back of them, they actually have, like, huge fold-out schematic diagrams of the boards in them. Yeah. And complete with everything that, like, if you need to replace... If you need to replace a capacitor or a resistor or a regular transistor somewhere on the board... Well, it's got all the information you need right there, right? You don't get that sort of you don't get that sort of like anything like that these days. And with stuff going to like what's it where they're like the tiny little components that like they don't even solder on, they just like pass the whole thing through a heater oh. and like they melt into place. You mean uh, SMT and not wave solder, that's something different. The uh, Yeah, you're talking SMT about solder, is what I'm thinking of. SMT with a solder paste mask and a pick and place machine and then you bake it yeah, in an oven. Like, yep. like they're making things like you can't even fix them if you wanted to. And I don't like that. I mean like I am not the I'm not the person who should be trusted to be tinkering with that sort of stuff because I mean I mean, if I were to repair a CRT, I would probably kill myself 
uh, by accidentally touching the tube the wrong way, right? Uh, for electronic, for other electronic devices, I would most likely fry it by accident because I am I am a klutz and I have big fat fingers, right? But I mean, at least at least the stuff was there. If I couldn't do it myself, I could bring it to like any electronic shop and the guys would be able to take it into the back and do that sort of work. That sort of that sort of thing doesn't exist anymore because we've dumbed it all down so that way like somebody who's who's making minimum wage and probably doesn't even afford it doesn't have to do anything except like drool while they're standing behind the counter. Now I want to push back on you and say that when I started uh, I did actually do hand rework of 0402 scale SMT stuff. And I, I, you had to do it under a microscope, and you had to use uh, special tiny little soldering irons to do it. But I did that, and I was making minimum wage. <laughs> so it's not just the dead, the uh, the brain dead people. You know, you can make minimum wage uh, actually re reworking the boards. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, like you don't see that very much. Like you don't, you can't just go into fucking Best Buy and be like. Hey, there's something. There's something wrong with my alarm clock. Can you take a look, test it out, and like replace whatever needs replacing? <laughs> They'll be like, "Huh? I don't know how to do that. Just throw it out and buy a new one because we're too stupid to actually know how to do anything these days." Man, I grew up in the days of like actual fucking Radio Shack, where you'd walk in and no, they didn't even have like a little cabinet at the back with components they had a whole fucking wall of the place with all sorts of components that you could think of and if you needed something they didn't have they could order it in for you just like that pick up the phone say hey buddy down at the <laughs> down at like the distribution center we needed this 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 they go oh yeah we got those we got those in our books we can send we can send you the units tomorrow and be like you know, you don't, you, you can't get that anymore, man. And like, and like, I think that really sucks that like out of, out of like convenience, they want to say, but more out of like not having to actually train people to be competent in any sort of way that like, you know, that and just here cheapness, you can't get good shit anymore. And what you can get, even if it is good, you can't even fucking fix it anymore or find somebody who actually can because it's all made to be disposable. So Grug down at the Best Buy doesn't have to think of shit other than like, when's the next time Stacy going to come in to pick up like her iPad, right? <laughs> they don't even sell the Sony Dream Machine anymore. How can I wake up in the morning? They want to set an alarm on your phone? Jeez. Get it together, Best Buy. Man, you know what? You know what my problem is? I was born, like, I don't know, like, two decades too fucking late. Even even in 2013, um, let's see, I was doing a podcast with Cotton Gin, who some of you uh, may recognize that name. He hangs out in the chat room. And that was the first time that I had done any podcasting. The... There was a Radio Shack in town, and we had a low-frequency rumble problem in the studio. They actually still, at that time, there was one Radio Shack that still had a decent component selection in there where I actually could drive to Radio Shack, and I had, like, a notepad, and I could do my uh, filter design on my notepad, and then I went and could buy the parts right there. Uh, so I could design the filter in Radio Shack, buy the parts, and then go home and solder them together. And that's how I... Uh, I uh, I put together that first studio. I had these two uh, high pass filters that that we actually built, or I built. But yeah, by that you time can't do that. There's here. there's no chance of doing that. And I spent I don't know a couple bucks, which was still <laughs> ridiculous because of uh, you know the the parts cost a couple cents, right? Uh, yeah. In reality, but you know I could go down there a couple bucks, get what I need, and then come back in within an hour. I have my problem fixed, but you can't do that anymore. You know, you no, can't you buy can't. the parts. And, you know, even if you went there, I'm not sure they'd know what kind of parts they, that you were asking for. 
Very sad. It's these, really it's really disappointing. These days, Radio Shack's just a cryptocurrency, isn't it? <laughs> remember Fuck, that? Yeah. yeah, I remember that. I don't. I want to find out what's going on with Radio Shack crypto. Hmm. Radio Shack crypto. Uh, nothing. I see no news. <laughs> oh boy. Oh no. Here we go. The bite reports. Boomers rejoice. Radio Shack is making crypto for old people. Oh God. It's that's another- old. That's old. We we talked that one already. Oh, this is 20... Well, why does it show up as 17 days ago? What? This is bullshit. These people are gaming the news. Uh, oh, this is one from from 2018 that's pushed itself seven days ago. Oh, such bullshit. This is cheating. It's all cheating, Cole. It is cheating. They're cheating. It's only going to get worse. They're cheating. With the, AI. So I did have a, uh, a story I was going to mention here. This was... I wasn't going to dwell on this very long. I thought we weren't going to talk about... Yeah, I thought we weren't going to talk about AI. You know what I have to say for AI? I say Butlerian... Butlerian Jihad now! Butlerian Jihad... A fucking... Let me give this another shot. Butlerian Jihad now! I have no idea what you're trying to say. Read Dune! I have no idea what you're referring to. Oh, the Frank Herbert book? Yes! I, I have I was not primed to to be listening for whatever you were saying. I I thought you were talking about this fucking Star Trek, Kamath and Jihad at Tanagrith or whatever. No, <laughs> I'm not talking about Jarmok and Jarmok. Jarmok and Jalad at Tanagra. I'm Tanagra. not talking about that. You were talking about Paul. Uh, <laughs> I was talking about do not make a machine in the image of a man. Oh. You could have just said that because I know what that means. That's a def- definitely uh, a Dune reference. Uh, I, I'm, I am like, <laughs> God. Well, Princess Irulan, uh put it in a different way. I think she just said English because that's what she speaks. You know why? Because <laughs> this is why? America. <laughs> you dumb son of a bitch. Oh, uh, you know what Dune really needed to be more like Starship Troopers. What? No, just to be more like Starship Troopers, that would have been. I want to see the super um, camp remake of Dune, like where they don't try and make everything dark and serious, like the uh, like the tendency seems to be, and just make it hokey and hokey and campy again. Turn all the characters into ponies. No, no, my little Arrakis. No, <laughs> where where did you get that? <laughs> the from? sparkles must flow. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did watch Starship Troopers yesterday, though. Just uh, so you know, uh, I, I, one of several rewatchings. I have seen it many times before. But, it's uh, a, it's a horrible adaptation, but it is an enjoyable movie. It is. I forgot how well it flowed. Um, it needs to be commended for the way it starts, the way it transitions from the first to the second act, and the way it it wraps itself up at the end in a satisfying, upbeat way, even after all the dark shit in the middle. Uh, They they pulled a stunt on this. It it pulled it off. It was great. Remember this about the movie. First of all, it started off as, like, B-movie schlock fair as a script called Bug Hunt at Outpost 9. <laughs> and somehow somehow the producers got the option on Starship Troopers and said, hey, we've got this script. Hey, you writer, uh, make it make it like Starship Troopers-like. Like, take some of the content and throw it in the script. And for Hooven... You should read the book so you have an idea of what you, of what we, of what yeah. the title's going to be now. And Verhoeven's like, I can't get through this. I'm I'm some I'm some big Euro lefty Euro poor, and I can't read a I can't read a book like this. A book, and it's to, it's just I can't get through it. So whatever, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like make not make jokes about Nazis, and somehow somehow. It actually turned into like a great film, not a good adaptation. Uh, like, no, if I no, was Langley, I would have been fucking spinning in my grave. But still, it was a fun watch, and I mean, even with like 
the the terrible '90s teen actors who made up the cast, right? Although I will say they did have they did have uh, some good casting for uh, for a couple of characters, mm. right? But like it actually it was actually a fun film. Yeah, and I I don't care if uh, Heinlein is going to spin in his grave because he kind of wrote some really bad shit that was definitely worse. He's definitely published several books that are just stupid and unredeemable garbage that are you actually mean like, worse. You mean like his uh, you mean like his self-sessed time travel story? Yeah, like that where there's like uh, I can't remember the name of it. The cat we're, that we're, walks through walls is borderline. Oh. Yeah. Even that one was all you zombies, where the where the main character is his own parents and everybody else in the story. I, I just want to say if both you read, his parents read the cat that walks through walls and compare it to Starship Troopers, and it's like, yeah, okay, he did some good stuff, but this is kind of fucking stupid too. You know, I can't fault the movie. It's uh, there's nothing sacred be- being ruined here. Uh, it's he writes some some stupid shit too. So he he also wrote some like really oh right amazing. he wrote stranger in a strange land is yes, which a is which is like a seminal uh hippie book really but he also wrote some total garbage so i don't feel bad uh that he had a bad ad- adaptation um it's whatever that's his problem i don't give a shit i i would like i would like a a more faithful adaptation but i mean what we got was pretty good, so long as you ignore the sequels. <laughs> was there a good sequel? There was a Starship Troopers 2, and there, there was a there cartoon. There were at least two sequels, and I believe they were all direct-to-VHS or direct-to-DVD, and they all sucked. <laughs> I remember there was a cartoon that got a... Yeah, uh, what was it? Rough... Roughnecks. Roughnecks, yeah. So I, I ne- remember about that too. I never, I never watched, watched it. it. It was back. <laughs> hey, Cold Acid, remember when you learned about other cartoons because they were trailers at the tail end of your VHS rentals? At the end, or at the be- in the wa- beginning? I never even I never even watched through the credits on my on my VHSs. If they didn't put the trailers ahead of the show, they do both. I see them? I've seen both. Um... Disney used to do that, too, where they'd have some stuff at the beginning, then they'd have the movie, and then at the end, they'd, like, fill up the tape with ads for some Yeah, I don't era. remember that, but I do remember, like, the incessant, oh, this is out of the Disney vault, but it's going back soon, so you better buy it on a tape that's, like, 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sasaga, Disney. Sasaga. Good work there, Waltzen. Nice. Just as Kiaku. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Starship Troopers 2, Hero of the Federation. Oh, that sounds bad. The poster looks More bad. like Zero of the Federation. Am I right? Why is Hunter Biden on the cover? <laughs> what, what is this? <laughs> I don't know, and I don't want to know. Uh, oh, they had Starship Troopers 3? Oh, I remember when that came out, actually. I remember when Starship Troopers came out, uh, 3 came out, and it was uh, being complained about by several of my friends. <laughs> because it was bad. Because it was really bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Uh, so, want to hear something else that's really bad? Sure, hit me. America is about to be invaded. Oh, no. I hope. Yes. Well, what? who's invading us? Because I'm not going to judge until you tell me who's going to take over. The Canadian super pigs. <laughs> what? Yeah. So. Uh, Are they mounted? Is this time, a mounting thing? Some time ago. Some time ago. Wild <laughs> hogs. Like the, the European wild boar was brought here to Canada and crossed with domestic pigs uh, for in the hopes of, like, having bigger pigs so that fewer pigs would be needed to provide the same amount of uh, bacon for for all our, like, you know, all our female so, bacon needs. So all, all our Canadian bacon needs, right? They were crossed in a Canadian slash fic. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately... The uh, the project didn't really pan out as expected, and the wild boar market itself uh, 
pretty much flopped around the same time as the .NET crash. And farmers and ranchers are just like, whatever, just kick them out onto the streets. They'll die when the snows come. Well, guess what? They didn't. No. Super Bowl. No. And now, and now they are making their way into America, which already has enough of a feral hog problem. Uh, just ask anybody in Texas. Just ask Fletcher. He's got his stories about the little fuckers. Or they're not little. I mean, they get up to like 600 pounds and big as a man. Hmm. I don't know. And I was going to say, mm, man, but then I decided not to. Man flesh. Yeah. Mm, man flesh. How about and that? These fuckers, these fuckers will hunt and kill deer. You sound uh, like pretty cool guys. I don't know what your problem is. Well, I mean, at least we <laughs> hunt them with bullets. They're hunting them with tusks. Uh, yes. Even harder than bow hunting. Yeah. Like these things, these things ravage. They're they're like the pig ver version of locusts. Okay. So what's being done about them? You just shoot them on sight now? Well, we can't. I mean, we're not allowed to have guns up here in uh, Soviet Kanakistan. Mm, okay. But uh, but yeah, I mean, so I've heard I've heard others talk about it and saying like yeah, there there's too many of them. We can't just hunt them all down as varmints. Or anything like that. We're going to have to live with our new super pig overlords. <sighs> super pigs, man. Fucking super pigs. I think I might have some pig sound effects. You want to hear them? Sure. Let's try this. Super pig. <laughs> oh, that's a super pig. Let's do this one. It's just pigs. Wow, that pig sounds nasty. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> If you hear that coming at you, you know, you might be scared, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Wait, that's not a pig. Jeez. Oh, we got Piglet. It's Piglet. Oh, this is a Peter Grill clip. I don't want to play that. It's going to be too long. <laughs> I clipped a bunch of Piglet. My things. banana! Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Also, um, I've got some... I've got some not-quite-teledildonics news as well. Oh, speaking of bananas. Yeah. <laughs> so, have you heard about this uh, this phone attachment from China that lets you uh, remotely kiss people? <laughs> no. No? No, I have oh, not. Oh, do I have a story for you? <laughs> Man, so, so this university student in China developed this kissing device which which looks like a tube with a pair of lips at the end and the idea is that you and your lover would have would have this you'd attach your phone to it and then you'd be able to like send kiss to your partner by like kissing the latex lips or silicone li silicone lips on this attachment on your phone and the lips on the attachment on her phone would move like yours. Wow. That is yeah. gross. And creepy. It looks like a blowjob machine. It does, but there's no tongue. There's and no tongue. And you know, for a good blowjob, you need a tongue. <laughs> I, these quotes, it convinced me again that having a long-distance relationship is a pretty bad idea, another Twitter user remarked. Interesting. Uh... It's a genius invention, but where's the tongue? Remarked another internet user. Oh, wow, great. So this is the New York Post just reporting what people on the internet say uh, in the in the Yeah, but they're sections. also reporting on the device itself. And, yeah, it's like... <laughs> does, it smell mean, like, like does it smell like scallions? Says uh, the guy in the comments on the New York Post. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. And, well, it, it's designed so that so that you can't just, like kiss anyone with it like they actually i guess you have to you have to like push some some button on the screen that says yes i consent to being kissed by this person before before like you will receive the kisses from them can i use this uh so that everyone out there can kiss my ass um if you if you hold the attachment up to your ass i'm sure you could <laughs> i think that's a a suitable use for it yeah but but yeah, I mean, like, 
Until until they have a version with actual tongue, right? So you can make out with it. What's the point anyways? Mm, yes. Right? But yeah, imagine imagine down the road, down the road when chatbots have support for this attachment. It's a sad sad yeah. day. Hey Tay, let's make out. Okay. All the kiss would you make out with Tay? No, I would not. No, you don't. You don't like Nazi bots. I think she's underage. Oh, yeah, there is that, isn't it? <laughs> Why do I have so many kissing sounds? This I is- don't know. It is starting to creep me out. Is this like one just really long no, kissing sound, or do you have a button that just like goes through like this super long list of them? No, I'm just uh. Kissing. Oh, you know, I got a lot of kissing sounds. You never know. Keep it up. You never know when you might need them. (laughs) All right, all right. right. Yeah, Serpent Serpent in the chat says, "Yeah, seriously, don't tell Doug about this. Doug (laughs) is the uh, Doug is the is the IRC bot of the No Agenda troll room. So yeah, you know that if uh, if Doug had had access to this technology, he would be trying to make out with everybody." Uh, during during the No Agenda show, <laughs> and also yeah, when are when are you going to start your asthma podcast with these uh, with these sounds with the kissing sounds? Does anyone with the really- kissing sounds? Yeah, I don't think anyone really wants to hear that. It's a little. <laughs> it's a little. I know weird. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh brother. Oh man. Well, I got one more there- thing I was going to talk about before we uh, wrap this thing up. What do you got? Yeah, I've got one more thing to talk about too, but let's talk about yours first. Oh, I was just because gonna... mine's mostly just a just a picture and some uh, equations. Mine is uh, XFL. I've been watching the XFL, as you may or may not know. XFL is back underway, and I was a fan um, of the reboot when it first got rebooted in 2020, um, and actually yeah. got to go to one of the games. The DC Defenders nice. are two for two right now in the league. Week three is underway. Uh, this is week three right now, so they've just started. But I've watched a couple different games. You know, the Houston Roughnecks are also two for two. They're doing pretty well. Uh, there's some teams. I think there's only eight teams. They're, uh, some of them are not doing so hot. But the thing about XFL that's actually interesting and maybe uh, a good pitch for the audience, I'm not trying to tell you to go watch it or don't. Uh, you can stream it for free. You don't have to pay them anything. Uh, but the, uh, the way that they do the audio is really fascinating they have hiccups and stuff you can tell they're learning how to put this show together uh live on the air as they do it but they have mics on all of the players which the nfl does too but they don't release the the audio and they don't play it in real time so you can hear when they're in the huddle you can hear the quarterback of um the uh arlington renegades just calling the play and you can hear him saying what they're going to do next and you can tell him he's telling the running back shut up do it this time don't drop the ball or whatever uh the uh replays when they go say there's a challenge for the game uh or uh, or for a play i should say uh they actually show that they have a camera inside the booth where the people who are reviewing the play are up there, and you can see them scrubbing through the video. They're on a mic. You can hear them chit- chit-chatting with each other. I don't know. It looks like he was in. Uh, is there a better angle than this? Okay. you know. And he has a big scrub knob, and he's going back and forth trying to make a better call. And you get to see how the sausage is made in a way that you didn't get to, to see at all in NFL or any of the college uh, league products, or CFL for that's, that reason. For that, um, that's pretty nice, actually. And <clears throat> so sometimes they mess up the sound where they there's a lot of there's a lot of hot mics around, and so they pick up a lot of swearing and a lot of people uh, uh, maybe who are who are just chit chatting on the side. So if you're into listening, may, I would recommend instead of going to a fucking ASMR podcast or something like that, if you just want to listen to something interesting. The sound. Listen to the XFL. The XFL sound is fascinating, uh, and it's live too. They they do do censoring for dirty words when they catch them, and they do it by backmasking. You know what I mean by backmasking? No. They clip out that piece of audio and they reverse it. 
Ah. So, so you'll hear the defensive coordinator telling the uh, telling the team what he wants them to do next for this next play, and he'll be dropping f bombs and and stuff, and and so it's he'll just start talking backwards halfway through. It sounds like you know. Uh, <laughs> You know, he's invoking Satan or something. So he, they do Satan speak when he uh, when the when they're swearing, which is kind of fun. Satan guide my ball. Satan guide my ball. <laughs> uh, also, one thing to look forward to. I've been promoting this. The DC Defenders home game. They play at Audi Field, which is a soccer field in DC. That's the one I saw them at. They like to do a thing called the Beer Snake, which I've mentioned uh, in public a couple times. But the I got to be snake. I got to be part of the OG Beer Snake. Uh, and it's just fucking great. They have a tradition where everyone gets these plastic cups that you drink beer out of. When you have your empties, you just stack them up, and then you stack up your neighbor's empties and your neighbor's neighbor's empties until you have the biggest stack of plastic cups. And they generate, like, all the plastic cups migrate around the stadium in f- co coagulate into these giant worms that you can see from the stands. They're like these giant wriggling things, crowd surfing around the stadium. And it's like watching slime molds, cold acid. It's like watching slime molds building towers and shit. Uh, Because they start out as these little things, they're floating around, they just get bigger throughout the game. And then finally, there'll be like two big ones that are on opposite sides of the stadium and they start floating towards each other. And then they meet halfway and they turn into one giant beer snake. It's majestic. Two snakes enter, one snake leaves. It is is the opposite of cutting worms in half. It is amazing. (laughs) That sounds awesome to watch. Yeah, I, I do like the XFL. Uh, it's owned by The Rock. It's definitely a commercial show. You know, I don't want to be promoting it like it's uh, uh, it's not independent by any means. It's it's on ESPN. They're tied in with NFL, so it's a bunch of you know the same uh, the same assholes who run the rest of the. Well, the hell, leagues, they were tra- right? they were trying to they were trying to do like a uh, a joint season with the CFL. I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently, apparently that's why they didn't have a twenty twenty two season. Wow. Oh. Because the because the talks fell through. Oh, that's a shame. You know, maybe DC Defenders will go for the Grey Cup one year. Maybe, <laughs> but I hope I hope they can deal with the extra yards on the field. Right now, they're playing in some pretty unusual fields. Like uh, Audi Field's a soccer stadium. I was watching the Vegas Vipers. Uh, that's one of the screenshots I I snagged. Uh, is from a Vegas Vipers game. They play at a rodeo stadium. And it's the turf is all messed up, right? It's it's a place where they do rodeos, but they put turf down and they play football on it. So it's they are Apparently, not pampered. According to the according to the Wikipedia article, it's uh it's a grass surface. Well, uh, yeah, I guess it'd be grass. Does turf not imply grass though? Turf implies astroturf. Uh, well, then I've been misspeaking. It is definitely mud and grass, not a uh, fake grass. Yeah, same with Audi Field. Right. But they, no, they're playing in weather. It's it's raining out. There's mud everywhere. The kickers f- can't hit the ball because in his run-up, he slips. You know, there's all kinds of stuff um, to the to the point where I think the NFL games would have been postponed uh, rather than played through on some of these. So that's a fun league to keep an eye on. If you like football, like I – if you're like me, like I know I am, you might enjoy this show. And that's all I well, had. I like that. I like this sort of football more than I like uh, the other kind of football. The soccer kind, the European yeah. kind. Yeah. Yeah, the European kind. <sighs> so tell me about these equations. Yeah. So apparently, there is a mathematical equation for Gangnam Style <laughs> to plot Gangnam Style. No. Okay. Yes. Tell me what it is. Yes. I just put in, like, a Gangnam-style curve into Wolfram Alpha. All right. Randomly the colored. The Psi Curve. The Psi Curve. Oh, no. <laughs> so this is uh, d- defining different piecewise regions that when you, uh, when you finish filling them in, they l- appear to be a caricature of Psy, the singer who perform and performer who sings Gangnam-style. Yes. Okay. And the parametric equations and the plot is for T 
from 0 to 72 pi. Hmm. Yeah, that's a big equation. <laughs> that is a big equation. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's a cu fun curiosity. Well, we had yeah, some it is. I've, I found it. I found it pretty amusing to to see this pop up when I was uh, searching for something else on Wolfram Alpha. So we have a couple a uh, couple boostergrams that came in during the show. I want to plug before the uh, end of it. We had sweet, sweet, sweet six thousand six hundred sixty six sats from Servo, who said, "Fuckity fuck ball tits." I missed y'all. A man after my own heart. Servo, thank you. Uh, we also got seven 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 sats from Boobery. Who says, yeah, like this. Eight, 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 eight sats from Booberry who said, or like this. Nine, 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 nine sats from Booberry saying, even better is like this. I'm detecting a theme. Finally. And we got one more from Booberry <laughs> for the amount of 6666 66 sats. <clears throat> and he says, Satan, guide these nuts. All right. <laughs> Jeez, Boobery, thank you so much. And Servo and everyone else who's uh, helping out with the podcast. Send us some stuff. We love you guys. No homo. Send us your favorite stuff, guys. Uh, if you see something interesting during the week, just mail it in. DM me. Or if you have any weird shower thoughts. Yeah. But until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Uh, stay fruity, boys. Adios. And videos. I had a good woman. But you lay down, honey, and die. Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down.